The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in to a special Preakness edition of Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Middle of May. Plenty going on. Feels like we've had a ton go on recently. Bear with the travel and the draft. Kentucky Derby. We got Major League Baseball in full swing. Mets are red hot thanks to the schedule. I'll just say that. And Matt Harvey coming to town. Bears Yankees back on track. Bear buckling down for the NBA playing games next week. We'll get his thoughts on that. NHL season coming to an end. We both want to share some over-under season win totals there. And we'll look ahead also with uh, maybe a couple futures for a little uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, as we get closer, Bears Islanders are alive and well and ready to make a run. I could, I could feel it. They built themselves off out of that bubble. Um, how you been, my man? I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've, I've been good. We, uh, you said draft was, uh, draft was cold but profitable. Uh, derby was, well, the derby was the derby. I'm still counting my money that I thought I had from Mandaloon at the quarter pole. Was it you the day after that you tweeted after the derby? I still can't believe Mandaluan didn't get there. Mm-hmm. Now we know why. <laughs> you, know, you know what's so funny? What, what I had tweeted as well, and, and someone else out there had started the conversation. Uh, this is before uh, the, the positive test came back. I am in a, a group text with a couple of guys, and uh, one, uh, one of the guys, sports better, pro sports better, doesn't bet horses at all. And okay. he texts me, Hey, who am I rooting for in the Derby for you? So I tell him, oh, I got Box, Vandaloon, Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, uh, Dynamic One, Rock Your World. So I got that. And then about he re- like text goes through. You can tell he reads it. But the d- dots come up. So why aren't you just betting on Baffert's roided up horse? That was his response before the Derby. <laughs> That's the perception that's out there. And I guess when you have positives with Gamine and Charlatan and, and Justify and uh, in, 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 in recent years, I, I guess that's kind of warranted. And uh, then, of course, the, uh, a couple of days later, we see that news. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what winds up happening this week. because It feels like this is a little bit different. Ultimately, who knows what will come out of it. But the fact that it is the biggest race in the, in the world, the most famous race in the world, and you've had the incidents with, with Baffert in recent years where he's made up every excuse in the world. It was uh, tainted hay from Jimson weed, or my, my groom took cough syrup and peed in the barn, or my assistant had a lidocaine patch on his back. Like the California Racing Board is like, and has bought like every excuse. And now are we at a point where it's just like, no, no, no more. We're, we're, we're done with it. And uh, there have been people are very adamant out there on Twitter about don't bet this weekend, hurt them where it really uh, matters. And that's in the, uh, in the purse. So we'll see how many people actually go through with boycotting betting the practice, but it, it feels like people kind of, kind of are really, really fed up now. And um, one of the problems is the better is ultimately going to be the one that gets screwed regardless of what happens or doesn't happen with mm-hmm. that split sample. If the, if, if the split sample comes back positive, it's going to be, okay, Bob Baffert, the owners, you have to return the, the, the purse money, Mandaloon's the official winner, Medina Spirit's DQ, like, and everybody gets moved up. But at the same time, it's not going to change the official order. If it's not, there we go. anyone who bet Medina Spirit is, hey, you know what, he, he, was, he tested positive. Here, here's my 12-to-1 win ticket. I'm, I'm giving that back and go give the money to all the Mandaloon bettors. Like, that's not going to happen. So, and that's why people are so pissed off about this. We'll ultimately see what happens. I will say this. If that second split sample does come back positive, I really don't think there's a reason to expect it not to. Like, I wonder if some of these ADWs and everything that's online right now, maybe they refund. Like like we've seen like some of the sites that have bad beat insurance or, oh, we're going to refund anyone who had a losing ticket on whomever. Like a good faith PR gesture, anybody that had a, had a mandaloon bet maybe they just kind of refund that win bet because ultimately what's going to happen is just going to they're going to bet it right back into the pool anyway so so it really doesn't hurt the uh the bottom line for those uh 
those businesses. So there's my little mini rant on the uh, the, the Baffert test positive Medina spirit Nandolin situation. There's a couple things to your point about the online and the newer age people and the younger folks that are getting into this and that have seen people get money back because of whining or things going unfortunately wrong. I'm sorry. Welcome to horse racing. If there's ever a sport that just turns their head and just keeps going forward when there's controversy, it's right here with the ponies. Yep, like you got it. I mean, you grew up going to the track. I was a very late bloomer, you know, starting my Saratoga trips when I got home from college and just to see the lifers and now see, we know the, the mindset and the, your typical o- OTB and going to the track guy, they're not on Twitter. And now you have, you know, <laughs> you factor in these Twitter people that are just going to cry, you know, whenever they get a chance because they have some characters to write. Um, it's, it's, it's just a face reality. And I'm sorry. It just doesn't work like that. And maybe it will. And like you said, when you get those other monies back, those people are trying to build their sites because they know you're going to see that money. And now you got more action to throw on it. So all in all, it's going to go back into the account and most likely you're going to lose. With that being said, the Preakness is here. You know, I thought it was interesting when they pushed back everything a day from Monday to Tuesday. Like everybody was like, oh, they're not going to let Medina Spirit come. And let's be honest, these people want eyeballs on the race. And there's no better way to get that than a controversial winner from the Derby in the most famous race there is to be coming to Maryland. Even though Bob came out and said he is not coming because he does not want to be a distraction. One thing just before we talk about them, I think there were people who actually thought I was serious about when I, when I was like, oh yeah, all, all of us get we we get we get paid now with Medina Spirit, and like when I was joking about, like like that's how that this works, right? Like that was like total sarcasm. But like I hope people out there who read my tweet didn't actually think that I thought I was going to be getting paid out because I know that's not uh, how this works, and uh, I know that well, I'll say this though, there there are people out there that look at it trying to file a class action suit, I, I think, but the thought that that's actually going to be successful, who the, who the, who the heck knows, but I don't know. You see, you crossed the line there. You can't mix, you can't miss sarcasm with gambling Twitter. That's not a good <laughs> mix because um, exactly. they're, 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 they're not there. They're not on your level. Well, speaking of getting to that level, I want to go through this field. Let's get the throwouts and then we'll just go through that way. I think that's been pretty successful uh, in how we've done it and save some people, hopefully, some money in that way. So uh, the floor is yours, sir. Ran the horse from the rail. I'll give D. Wayne Lucas a ton of credit. And this is kind of where I'll go off on another little tangent. Like, in barring any injury, there is no reason whatsoever for Hot Rod Charlie, Mandaloon, and Essential Quality not to be running this weekend. This field sucks. I know. It's a terrible field. And that's why I'm going to give D. Wayne Lucas a ton of credit for entering Ram and running him in this race. Like, like the horse is 30 to one outsider. He broke maiden against the maiden, maiden claimings. He, 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 he was a beneficiary of a pace collapse on Derby day when he won that allowance race. So good for him for running. Uh, he can't win, but good for D Wayne Lucas and the owners for, for, for running and, and giving him a shot. But he is an outsider here. The two horse keep me in mind uh, is another plotter. He was soundly beaten by Medina Spirit, Concert Tour, and Rob Bauer. He can't win. Again, he's maybe third or fourth in your tries. Unbridled Honor is a horse that I don't like in terms of winning. Pletcher doesn't run many horses in the Preakness at all. Uh, he hasn't run one since 2017, and his only runner of the nine to finish in the money was impeachment back in 2000, which was his first runner. I get a feeling that this is more of a the field isn't very good. Mm. Why not run and try and pick up a check as opposed to running in, in an N1X where if you finish third or fourth somehow in, in the Preakness, uh, you're going to get paid more than you would if you win an N1X and you're still going to have that condition uh, after you don't win the Preakness. So he hit the board in the slop at, at 20 to one against another, uh, against King Fury. He won that race as, as an upset. But he, he, I don't think he can win this race. I want to go back real quick on Keep Me In Mind. How do you look at Keep Me In Mind, who came in like 49th, let's say 50 to 1 in the Derby and ran seventh? Does that 
you know, shorter distance. That's why you, you know, you don't like these closers, you know, are you just saying there's basically not enough time for them or is it more of the quality of the horse? I think it's more the quality of the horse is okay. where I'm uh, where, where I'm at. I mean, he did plot up and did win a grade two with Churchill at his only win. I just don't know if he ultimately has that turn of foot. Whereas with the shorter distance, I don't know if his like grinding out plotting style really is going to work in a mile on three sixteens as opposed to this horse might be better going going a little bit longer with more of a a pace scenario. First, uh, uh, first Preakness for David Cohen too. A top, keep me in mind. It is, yeah. I, I like the uh, the seven horses is, is another throw out in my book. France Godiana, France, I, I, France. Yeah. Honestly, I have no idea what to expect here in terms of like. My guess is he's going to have a say who wins because I think Rosario, who intrigues me a little bit on him, yeah, uh, is going to send. Uh, being that he has the uh, the Derby winner on his inside, so he'll probably send and press uh, from the outside. I mean, I'll I'll have him as part of like the all button, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is a horse that can that can win the race. So Rosario's so never won it, I, right? He's never won the Preakness, I don't think. Yes, Rosario, no, no, because uh, he would have been on Orb, who didn't win. Yeah, I don't think he's won the Preakness. Like, he, he wasn't on Shackleford, was he? No, I, I got it right here. Best. Best finishes coming aboard, runners up, right on Curlin in 14, Tail of Verve in 15, Everfast okay. in 19. Right, right, right on Curlin he was on. Okay. I, okay. You know, I, I couldn't remember who, who was on uh, on Shackford, but obviously I know he's he's a he's won the Derby and he, he's a guy who you really want to have in a triple crown race, but I just don't think this horse is the quality of uh winning this race, even though the, the race is a uh is, is 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 not a great one. Risk taking the nine is the other Chad Brown horse in here. He's got a grade way three and one in the in the uh, in the withers, but I I, I prefer uh, crowded trade to him. I'll be using okay. him underneath, but I'm not sure he's a uh, he's a winner. So I don't mm-hmm. know if we want to go through the other horses now. Yeah, I guess I'll kind of lead off with uh, with concert tour. Yes, I don't the think, other Baffert horse. Yeah, I don't think he wins. I don't think he can he, he can stay the distance, but it's going to be interesting to see. What happens with Concert Tour? Is mm-hmm. Mike Smith going to send him? Because he, he, the only way he can factor in the race is if he sets. But him sending potentially softens up Baffert's other horse, Medina Spirit. Correct. And is that going to be the instruction? Yeah, go go to the front and, and duel Medina Spirit into the ground and, and allow someone to, to pass him late. Or... Is it going to be the way Restoring Hope was in the in the 2018 Belmont with Justify, or he's just going to kind of run and be this interfering slash blocking back for the way he was for Justify and, and keep Medina Spirit out of harm's way? So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what type of tactics uh, Mike Smith takes on Concert Tour from the outside here. It is, I'll say this, because Mike Smith did not ride well in the Derby at all. I know we had a little bump at the start, but uh, there was no excuse for Midnight Bourbon not to be on the lead uh, mm. in the Derby. And Smith kept him wide the entire time and just kind of went around the track. And I would think Midnight Bourbon now is absolutely a pace factor with the jockey change to a rad because the only way that this horse has a chance is to go to the front. You know, look at his two lifetime wins. They've all been in front. They've both been in front running fashion. So I would expect the Ortiz to send Midnight Bourbon to the front give him put him into the race and give him an opportunity to run his best even a concert tour doesn't go so i think midnight bourbon concert tour both have factors as to who wins the race but i don't think either of them ultimately will be the winner okay of, of the race uh ron bauer is a horse again completely devoid of speed but He's run on dirt. He's run on turf. He's run on synthetic. He's finishing the money in graded stakes against Flavian Pratt. I think he's a horse who can get up into the into the exotics and in the exact even potential. Remember, in each of the last eight years, there has been at least one horse, at least ten to one, that's cracked the exacta. And in that span, mm-hmm. you've had what thirteen of the twenty-four trifecta runners have been at least nine to one. We get price horses that, that run well. In the Preakness, so despite the short field, despite the favorite typically running well, uh, you're typically pairing the favorite up with a uh, price horse. And I think Ron Bauer is someone who you could potentially take a look at as a, one of those price horses 
to get into the uh, exacta. But the horse that I am uh, I'm picking on top is Crowded Tree. He and Medina Spirit, in my book, are the two most likely winners. Won it first asking in January. His first start against winners was in the Gotham on a fluky track where he just got beat. And, and then was three to one in the wood and, and, had, a, and had a bad trip. Uh, he's shown he can be effective from both on the lead or off the lead. Chad Brown and Javier Castellano teamed up to win the, the Freakness in 2017 with Cloud Computing at roughly the same price as this one's going to be on the board, uh, on the morning line. I think this horse is going to have a very, very big say uh, in the outcome. And if Medina Spirit doesn't win, I think crowded trade for uh, Chad Brown, Javier Castellano, and uh, Clara Stables is your most likely winner. All right, so you like the other Chad Brown horse in crowded trade. That's I like I like I like that call. What effects do you get from Midnight Bourbon Bourbon with with the new jockey and seeing how it ran? It's a move that the horse will absolutely be on the lead. Just goes right. Correct. I mean, no one. I I know you mentioned it from the Derby before, but like that that has to be like the most automatic thing you need to see out of a horse is that horse go to the front here mm-hmm. uh, in this, you know, seeing how it didn't react well the way it did in the Derby. And, you know, you mentioned the, the smaller field here, but that's one thing I, I just looking at these ones, like that horse has to get to the front. That's the most definite right. thing I see of any of these. The narrative and the talk about the Derby is that the positive test and Medina spirit keeping on going. The thing which hasn't been talked about nearly as much is how the race just kind of, fell apart at the start and really gave Medina Spirit a great chance with Midnight Bourbon not going to the start, with uh, Joel Rosario and, and coming out of the irons for Rock Your World, him not being able to make the lead. With the other Bob, Todd Pletcher horse, I think Sainthood, I think it was his name, Corey Lantern not going to the front. Like he got a softer lead than expected. The inside part of the track after a, uh, an hour and a half of no racing was the best part of the track and everything just kind of went Medina Spirit's way. And I think now he is not going to have everything go his way. I think he's going to uh, feel a pace presence and, and we'll see ultimately uh, what winds up happening. I will say this, if you do like him, you're probably going to get a better price on him than you normally would because I think there will be people out there that will not bet him because they want to see him lose. Uh, if he's five to two on the morning line or nine to five on the morning line, you will probably get a better price on him because of that narrative. I think Concert Tour is also in that position too, where the other Baffert horse, and it's just going to get blasted with money, knowing all the juice and people think that they could catch a winner now and maybe being a little bit late to the party with the Baffert idea. I will admit I did have, uh, ended up having the exacta in the Derby only because the wifey always likes to throw a little on the triple crown and She's got the mindset. I, she looked at my numbers. She's like, you don't have the Baffert horse. I'm like, oh, <laughs> see, there you go. And she had already had it in her. So it was a, it was a good day uh, around the house to, well, to collect some yeah. cash. Sorry, and, and, I wasn't able to give it out. I'm sorry. That's, that's okay. And, and, and that's the thing, too. I wound up having a saver exacta because we both like Mandaloon, and he was one of the yeah. horses I basically was like, if he runs in the exacta, I want to make sure I had it. So while I didn't have it for a lot, I did have a uh, an eight seven for for half of what I had for the uh, the seven eight. I know people are mad, but it was it was a hell of a race because that, as you said, I can't believe Mandaloon didn't get no. there. What it's just no. stride for stride. You're you're waiting for that push, and it just just didn't come. What do you want to do here with the numbers? We got we got some tries. We got some exactas. A try three with four five six nine with all. Uh, which is 32 bucks for a buck. And, and then I'm going to play three with all with four, five, six, nine. And then I'm going to play three, four, all and three, all four. I'm going to press that. And I'm going to play uh, basically the same thing. Four with three, five, six, nine, 10 with all. And then I'll play four with all with three, five, six, nine, 10. And then press four, three, all four, all three. Basically I kind of the two horses I like the most in Medina spirit and crowded trade. So I'm going to make sure I have them singled in spots in the tries and then I'm going to make a big exacta box three, four. And then I'm going to make an exacta three with five, six, nine. And then I'm going to make an exacta four with five, six, nine, ten, playing the both ways. And, and notice that I don't have uh, an exacta three, ten here. That would be the Medina Spirit mm-hmm. concert tour exacta. 
that I'm not going to play because A, it's not necessarily going to pay very well. And it's very rare that you get favorite over second choice in the, uh, in, in the exact. The last time the favorite won the Preakness and the second choice ran second was 1981. So you got to go back 40 mm. years to see the last time you had favorite over second choice. So does that mean it can't happen? No, but I think, I think the way the pace is going to set up for the race where concert tour has to go to the front, I think that would basically ruin any chance Medina Spirit would have of winning the race. And I am going to uh, avoid playing uh, the 310. Exactly. All right. That will be your lowest possible winning money from an exacta also. Anything else Saturday you're looking at? Some horses you like uh, in certain races on the early card? I was looking at the um, the race before the uh, the practice, the turf race, which I think the name has changed a couple of times. The dinner party. I'm not sure Sacred Life should be this massive 7-5 to five favorite on the morning line. He is a really, really paced, compromised horse. So um, I don't know if the pace sets up for him in this race. So I, I think you could potentially look at uh, a horse named Some Like It Hot Brown, who is uh, on the rail, uh, was second in this race uh, last year when they ran it in, in October. So I, I, I think he's someone. And then if you want to take a look at the outside with the eight horse by, by Melvin, Graham Motion typically does very well on this mid-Atlantic circuit. And it's the horse that just missed versus midnight tea time. Uh, Akeen will last out in the first race off of a layoff. I, I think Bye Bye Melvin is someone who you can look at. And then the, the other horse that I like this weekend, and it's actually a, a, a race on Friday, is in the, in the Hilltop, the 11th race on Friday. And it's a horse by the name of Tracy Fleck, who is the one horse. You, you'll, you'll see that this horse is technically a maiden, and that's probably going to deter people from betting on this horse. But mm-hmm. she's only 6-1 to one on the morning line. This is a horse that's actually been disqualified from a win twi- or, or from a win and a second place finish twice. She won her debut at three to one. So, so, so you know she was well bet, well meant, and, and won her debut in a good maiden race at Gulfstream. And then the second race, she was coming from off the pace and kind of kind of impeded someone at the start and uh, was DQ'd from second and placed seventh. So like they put blinkers on, which might help straighten her out. And uh, she's six to one on the morning line. And I think she's someone that if, you, if you're looking at the favorite, maybe being uh, the five horse bubbles on ice, who was a, a stone cloud closer in the race. Um, I think that this is a, a race where you can maybe get uh, a little bit of value here on that rail horse, uh, Tracy Flick. So that's the other horse that I'm going to be uh, betting pretty good on Friday. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So I do want to look at, at the Black Eyed Susan, 5.44 post time, Friday afternoon. Uh, our friends on ABC, NBC uh, Sports Network or whatever, Peacock, TVG, I'm sure you'll, you'll – if, if you need to find it, you'll find it. The Favorites, Beautiful Gift, uh, 9 to 5, I think I saw this morning. And look who we have atop, Johnny V, and it's a Baffert horse. Um, Imagine that. Yeah, amazing. I look at – some of the others in here, I like to, you know, throw out the favorites in these uh, because I do think there's there's always potential. I've heard people talk about Irad on on the grass is blue. I look at Lady Traveler with Castellano. I think it's more of a name here, but Ice Latte with, with Pletcher is getting plenty of love. Uh, but I know you had mentioned the Brad Cox horse, uh, Adventuring the Nine. Your thoughts when you look at this one? These horses always seem to run well on big stakes days. And uh, this is a horse that broke man into fairgrounds and won the bourbon ad for fun last time out. I, I think this is a horse that very, is, is going to get that pace scenario that, that, that she might want and, and really, really enjoy. Again, the, another horse that really figures is, is the other one that you mentioned before, uh, Lady Traveler. Uh, I yeah. think Dale Romans is a guy who pops with, uh, with price horses and stakes races. 
throw that last race of Keelan out with the seven furlong distance. That was probably a, a sprint race just to kind of sharpen her up coming off of the turf. You, you look at her, uh, her, her route race at that Rex Riches race in mile 16th uh, ran well. And at 12 to 1, I mean, West Point's another ownership group that likes to run their horses and stakes. And uh, in Big Dale, it won the, uh, the practice of Pimlico with Shackleford. So I think Lady Traveler, if you're looking for a price horse, is probably the one to use. Um, I would like Ice Latte a little bit more, but I think that the, the presence of Spritz is going to kind of hinder her. If Ice Latte could get a, an easier lead, I would really, really like her, and maybe, and maybe she will. Mm-hmm. Now with um, with, with Luisaya's up, so I'll, yeah. I'll definitely use her. But but I, I think I'm going to try and beat Beautiful Gift as well. Just that outside. All right. post, I like that. I'll probably apply like six nine, six nine with four ten with all some type of combination like that. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking some sort of box with uh, four five six nine. That's what I was looking at. And then probably my favorite would be five, six, nine and boxing nose. Knowing we got some, some decent talent to work with. Um, do you expect anybody that didn't race in the Derby to come back? Like who would you think that would come back and run in the Belmont? I, I think essential quality will definitely come back. I would think Mandaloon would definitely come back. I would hope hot rod Charlie runs in New York. That would be a great, you talk about yeah. a great scene and a, mm. and a great opportunity for more promotion for that horse and Jake Panis' scholarship fund, I would think running at Belmont would be something that uh, Doug O'Neill might choose to do. I, I think probably Bezos will probably run uh, at the Belmont. He, he, people might think that he'll be a horse that might That's... be crying out for a mile and a half. I, I think yeah. I think he would run. But I, I'm just disappointed that, that with this field and this quality that that th- those the, the second, third, and fourth finishers – uh, chose not to run it. It's kind of disappointing because, and, and the other thing too is, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but if the split sample comes back positive for Medina Spirit and Mandaloon gets put up, then you have the asterisk possibility yeah. of Mandaloon potentially being considered going for the triple crown, which is like bizarre. And What do you got your eyes on here as as we're down in the end of the NHL and, and NBA and looking ahead to some uh, some some I'm, playoff runs. What uh NHL? I'm, you... I'm, I, well, I, I'm sweating a couple of NBA things. Oh, let's get to Believe that. Believe it or not, I'm sweating the Bulls over 29 and a half. I shouldn't have been sweating it, but due to the uh, the injuries where they where they had that massive uh, losing streak. But I got three shots to get a game. I got tonight against Toronto. I got Saturday at Brooklyn. Who knows if that game is going to mean anything in terms of seeding. And I got Sunday against Milwaukee. And who knows if that game is going to mean anything for seeding. So I guess the good thing is if they don't win either tonight or Saturday against the Nets, I could be in a position to potentially get off the bet on Sunday night because they're sitting right at 29. And I know one win does me right. So we'll see. But the other one, which is uh, another bet that I made a, a couple weeks back was I laid a healthy number on the Sixers to win the, uh, the, the Atlantic division. And I think mm. at the time they had a three and a half game lead on the Nets and the Nets have kind of gotten hot lately. And uh, the good thing is I just need them to go two and one the rest of the way. And they got two games uh, against the Magic. So you would think that they should be able to beat the Magic twice on their home court. But if they were to lose tonight against the uh, the Heat, I'll be sweating a little bit, I'm sure. I have to admit, I think it's a, it could be a sin, but I have watched way too much Oklahoma City basketball <laughs> the last month or so. And I will admit, we put these things in our site and, you know, once in a you while. You forget about them. Yeah. The one that stares me in the face every day, though, that was the worst to look at was two. James Wiseman to win Rookie of the Year and Kevin Durant to win MVP. And I think I looked at every single one of those every day. Those guys didn't play in a game because of injury. Uh, but that's the risk you take at, at betting futures in the beginning. But going back to Oklahoma City, I did bet the under at the beginning of the year. I saw the roster and I just said, I don't know how they do it. Now, <laughs> I will say 
I did have Shy uh, Gilgis Alexander on my fantasy squad, so I was paying attention to the Thunder and basically gave up uh, on that. I had the Rockets under and the Thunder under from the start of the season, and they were 19 and 24 on March 31st, and they've gone what is it one and 22 since I think. Is that all one and 22? Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit, like it was it was before the Celtics game. I did a segment on Daily Wager where I just, I, I was, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I totally forgot about it. And then I went back and started looking at it, like, all right, we got to start focusing in here on, on, on some season win totals. And then sure enough, they go out and beat the Celtics. And that gets me going because now you're counting down the games. They just uh, got through with a back-to-back against the Kings, which I had circled, which was scary. But the Kings helped me out and took care of business. And how about the Cavs last night? Or if I should say, how about the Celtics? Suffering losses. I know Jalen Brown's out, but still, they've lo- they've suffered losses to Oklahoma City and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who Cleveland now, I believe, is on their number and got off of an 11-game losing streak. Uh, I know they have the Wizards left, and I don't know, but you went from really looking at a loss uh, the way they were playing to at least you got a push now, and, and maybe something happens here where you get one. I got the Wizards in the Nets. There you go. Uh, maybe, you know, you get that one. I, I think the Wizards are obviously still trying to uh, clinch. They have been insane because as as lucky as I possibly can get with the Thunder, I was hoping I was going to get even more lucky with the Wizards. I have their number at 34, and obviously everybody knows 0-5, 2-13, or 3-12 start, and then the COVID happens, and they have just been on an incredible run. They're must watch to me every night because they can't stop anybody and no one seems to be able to stop them. Obviously the injury to Bradley Beal has really, really hurt them, uh, especially in the last two losses, um, not having him at the end of the game. And obviously the last two games against the Hawks, but they are just, they just can't do it. uh, Finishing games. I'm worried about the Grizz. I got them to make the playoffs which I believe is is going to be to make the eight. But I will say I went back and I had as good as I feel about the Wizards under coming in. I feel horrible about not getting there with the Lakers over with what happened there. Pacers, I took a chance there. That's not going to come in. Raptors, this is going to be the first time that they're not going to go over their season win total in a long time. Thank you, Brian Windhorst, for that one. Uh, your check will be hopefully awaiting me as I'll check my mail uh, that you'll send for uh, – giving me that losing pick. Uh, But I will go back. On April 8th, I bet the Nets to win the title at 2-1. to No, Nets to win the title at 2-1, to and the Nets to win the East at minus 110. So we have have some interest there. I bet the Nets to win the the East at like plus 110. I forget at what time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in, in, when it appeared that the Sixers were going to be the one seed, I saw them at like plus 375. So I'm like, you know what? I can kind of, if I play, I don't think the Bucks are me. See, I, 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 I've, watched, I, I've watched a lot of Milwaukee Bucks basketball this year. And I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. But, but, but I, I think if, if you're looking at the Nets, who if they have all their players and decide to play, mm-hmm. are the best team. But then you're going to get the Sixers, who were probably looking like they were going to be the one seed at, Plus three seventy five and, and plan to play against that, and who know? I think that's a a way to kind of guarantee a profit there. A couple things here. I think of the top three, the price. I think the Bucks is worth taking a shot to win the East. Do you? I really? Yeah, I really do. Um, I I think when you look at the pos- the the previous things that happened, um, up to oh, we know what happened with the Raptors. Uh, they go down and lose. And then last year in the bubble with the Heat, uh, it looks like I think they're going to avoid that because I still think the Heat are a factor. And the way it lines up is Bucks nets in the 2-3 in the second round, I think is, is, is fantastic. I, I think the Bucks would much rather play them in a seven-game series um, in that round than have to play the Sixers then. And that leaves the option of the Heat because when I look at the 1-2-3, and three, when you say Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then you look at four, five, and six, and four, five, and six all have the same amount of losses right now. It's the Heat, Hawks, and Knicks. I think the Heat would give the Sixers fits. 
you have that possibility where you take care of the Nets and then maybe maybe that's looking for you. But think of the price. I think the Bucks um, are there. I don't think the Knicks, I mean, it's a great story. I know that's your team. Uh, they're back. Hopefully the Garden will have as many fans as possible <laughs> to hear it rocking. But I think it's pretty pretty interesting to see like if you get Hawks Knicks in the first round, I could totally see everybody betting the Knicks, and I I wouldn't mind taking a piece on the Hawks there because I think you're getting a favorable um, uh, price uh, with that, knowing the popularity of the Knicks and uh, in that. On the other side, man, we are you know Scott's going to do the PGA Championship uh, next week, and it's fascinating to me that we could come back in the middle of the following week and obviously ESPN has the Western Conference Finals this year and we could already have no Warriors or Lakers in the playoffs uh, <laughs> so I mean the Lakers are in, in a tough spot here you know we're taping this um, Thursday morning and they're a game behind the Mavs and the Blazers but they lost both tiebreakers to each of those teams so they need to win two and either of those two to lose two to get out of that playing game. But right now we're set up for a Lakers Warriors uh, seven, eight playing game. I know the loser gets another chance to play the winner of the nine, 10. So um, it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff. I do expect the quality of ball to step up now that we'll be in the playoffs. I, I, I do firmly believe that. And I'm, I'm excited. There is, there is some doubt, I think for the first time in a long time as to who could put together uh, those 16 wins. Uh, I think about a team like the Suns, who Chris Paul's another guy. Get them, you get results. But can that team with like almost zero playoff experience besides right. him win? I'm just saying 12 games. I I always I always think the team that loses in the finals gets totally thrown out. And you know the Heat last year for all that was said, like that run to the finals was was incredible. Uh, what they showed. And that's why I don't doubt them in, in this playoff run. I, they have the goods. I think Spolster is the most overlooked coach in all of sports uh, with what he's done. I know he had the big three, but he's been pretty damn impressive with the rosters they've had uh, moving forward. Does anybody take the Jazz seriously as a title contender? I think so. I do. I mean, Mitchell's been out, and obviously they have Gobert. But, like, I, I still get a sense, like, nobody – like, nobody's taking the Sun seriously as a contender like you just hit on, but – like no one, I, I don't think many people are are, are taking the Jazz seriously because they just think the Clippers and Lakers are going to be able to flip the switch. I, I think that's dangerous, man. Because I guess I mean is because last year being at home and in the bubble, I I watched yeah I, some of those NBA and like Mitchell's he could take it over, man. Oh no doubt, I mean, and he is so. And they got guys who can hit shots. Yeah, like I don't think they should be dismissed. I really don't. No, Legler pointed out a while ago on the show, like they have a legit four guys they can run pick and roll with. And with that, you get to pick and pop with Ingles and, and Bogdanovich like that, you know, so they're, they're a tough matchup. I will say the Suns, if the Suns play the Lakers, if they get them in a series, that's a really, really tough matchup for the Suns because I just think of the size the Lakers bring to the table. I'm really interested to see um, – what Drummond brings to the table, like, are, is he going to be able to play? Are they going to have to go with Harold uh, more because of, of, of the way everybody switches off in, in, in getting those bigs on the littles? Uh, but I think of Drummond, and I think of like a guy like Blake Griffin, like what he's been a really a really good addition to the Nets, a guy that I think they're going to need it. And I think he has some gas left in the tank, um, and I'm just fascinated to see what what he does uh, as this Nets team moves forward. Um, knowing how versatile he is and how good of an athlete he is. So there's plenty of, of things to play out. I do think the Lakers are playing um, on some, on some you know, shaky grounds here. With, with, and I know they have to sit guys because of injuries and, and, and protocols and stuff like that. But, like, at the beginning of the year, I thought Schroeder made them better than they were last year. And now you haven't seen him for two weeks, even though he is expected back. Um, LeBron – you know, we talked about with Windhorse on Scott's pod. You know, he's never had one of those those high ankles, and it's 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 weeks. It's taken a while <laughs> uh, before that, so it's it's dicey. But I mean, I, I just can't imagine like a Lakers Warriors playing game is is fascinating to me. Um, can, 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 can I can I ask you a question? 
Absolutely. Seg- segwaying to another sport. Why in the world is the NHL saying that Calgary and Vancouver have to play those three games oh, next week while the playoffs are going on? Really? I mean, it can't be because it, because it, I mean, I'm sure it is because of they, they say it's because of TV and because of money, but just let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. You got, you got, you're probably going to have a bunch of like AHL guys up there anyway. You, you th- I mean, I'd love, to, I, I don't know any Vancouver Canucks. I, I'd love about This is my open question to uh, the Vancouver, any Vancouver Canuck who's listening. Like after like having like 13 games in 21 days and that being having your team riddled by COVID, you got no shot. Like you just want to like get be done with the year. Like you really want to play these games. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not like I can't imagine in, in a, in a 56 game season that, and many contract incentives could potentially be reached. Maybe a, a Calgary Flames or Vancouver Canuck beat reporter has gone through some contracts and cranked out some numbers, but you're going to play those games up against the playoffs and not delay that division's playoffs being started to, to play three meaningless regular season games. Oh, by the way, anybody that has uh, a Flames or Canucks point total under which is an automatic winner right now. It's been a winner for a while. Like you're hoping they're going to play because you need to play 54 games. I, I think is the writing in a lot of places for those season point totals to, to take place. So like that, that's like the gambling storyline with Vancouver and Calgary. Like if you bet Vancouver and Calgary under, you're hoping that they don't play that way. You don't lose your bet. But if you play Vancouver and Calgary under, uh, it's a surefire winner. And uh, you're just going to get a refund if, if they wind up not playing, but, I can't imagine the league, the league is, is going to want to play these games. Like, why? I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. Um, I wish I did, but there's, I mean, when it all comes down to it and you don't know, I would always guess money um, in some capacity. I gave out one season win total on the uh, release the schedule show last night. Jets under. We, I'm with you. I'm with you. What was it, six and a half? Yeah, they had six. So, I mean, like, so I got to lose on seven, obviously. I would have liked to. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to go seven and nine. I, they, I don't. There's a, there's a really good chance they're going to go winless in the division. You got a rookie quarterback behind a bad offensive line with, with an unproven running back room, a secondary that that you could probably go out on the field right now and torch. Like mm. it's going to be a bit a rookie court. It didn't matter who the quarterback was going to be. It's going to be a bad, a bad situation. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. It's just, when I started looking into it, the idea of, and you brought it up the division, like Zach Wilson against McDermott, Belichick and Flores. Yep. Like those guys sort of know what they're doing on defense. And yeah, they, they I was do. looking through the resume of, of Mike LaFleur, the OC. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever called plays. I don't think he has either. Cause he was, is he was the pass game coordinator with Shanahan in San Francisco. And then he was an offensive mm-hmm. assistant. So you that, know, Shanahan's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That combination. And now listen, you've got to start somewhere. And I get that with a new regime and a, you know, a new head coach and you're going to get that a new offense coordinator. It's year zero. It's year zero. Yeah. And you, not only the, not only the division outside of the division, you get Vrabel in Tennessee. Yeah. You got the Saints, you got Tampa, you got the Colts. <laughs> say one in five in the division, give them one win. And then you say, oh, and four in non-division. That's nine losses right there. Yeah. No, I, I, that's what I said. I, I don't, I don't see it. The issue I had is cause I, I wanted, I liked Jags over at five and a half. It's tough at six. Um, you, you, you really, I, I have a rundown I, schedule, but I do. I don't know, man. I honestly think I said last night, I honestly think they could win the first four games. I really do. The problem is okay. late in the year, they got a back to back, at New England, at Jets, and it's in December, and we know what things happen there, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, they get the Texans. They get – they. I think it's I, – I like who he's going to throw to. I like those receivers on Jacksonville. I really do. 
Oh, I do too. Um, uh, so I think they'll, and you know, Urban's going to play to their strengths. Um, yeah, I, I, I was look, I was looking at some of the, some of the schedule. They didn't fully go through. My, my initial thoughts were Seattle under eight one position wins last year and outgained by the opponent in eight of their wins. Russell's been sacked so many times over the last few years in the division. The Niners are going to be better. The Rams are going to be better. The Cardinals are on a pushover. Saints, Titans, Steelers, Colts, Packers, uh, Washington on the road. They haven't drafted well, so their roster is kind of devoid in spots. Like when the bottom falls out in Seattle, when Russ can no longer uh, bail them out from the jaws of defeat, the the fall is going to come fast and it's going to come hard. It's just a matter of when that happens. So Seattle under was one for me that I looked at. the Steelers under was another one for me. Like you know, Ben, you know Ben's going to be hurt at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the off the quarterback situation behind him isn't good. They really haven't had a succession plan there at all. Uh, the line has had their issues. Run change in the running game. Uh, you just don't know how much Ben has left. Even when they were undefeated last year, were you were you really like at any point like this is the best team in the AFC and they can win the. I, I never thought that they were winning games that they kind of really should have lost to be to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. They got to go to Arrowhead. They got to go to Lambeau. They got to go to Buffalo. Uh, they got Tennessee. Uh, it's Baltimore and Cleveland in their division. Like they've been, they and the Patriots have been like the model of consistency and how you should run a franchise and not overreact for for a long time in the NFL. But kind of looks like this might be a. Uh, a year where things potentially could uh, go sideways for the Steelers. All Colts, right. I thought might be an under. Uh, Colts might be an under team as well. Like you got a re- you got a reclamation, a major question at quarterback, I think. Okay. Wins. And then you got you signed Fisher as your left tackle coming off of Achilles injury, which is a major injury to kind of overcome. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think the Colts are going to be priced a little bit high too because people are just going to see Wentz and think he's going to be the, the ones that we saw his rookie year when they were making the playoffs. So, Yeah, I just want to see Carson Wentz not mention that he's back with Frank Reich once, if, if somebody could do <laughs> a piece on that. Um, oh, uh, last one, our Bruins to win the Cup, 12-1. to I mean, nobody has been better since the trade deadline. Hall is just – I mean, he's going to be everybody – I mean, yeah. you're going to see – you're going to see more Taylor Hall jerseys at Bruins games now than I think Marshan, uh, the way he's been welcomed in and the way he's played. Uh, I like the matchup versus Caps. Caps look, I mean, we know the issue with, with hockey injuries and nobody's going to say anything and guys are going to play hurt. Uh, but, I mean, I mean they, there was word Ovechkin skated the other day. Obviously, he's the biggest difference maker maybe in the whole playoffs when you look at the teams in its totality. But I think the Bees are worth a shot. We're giving them out official pick, twelve to one to win the cup, yeah, and, and I feel you missed, great about it. I mean, you 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 missed the best price too. Like I, I know sixteen all, to all one. Trade time. Yeah, I was gonna say they they were they were a lot better than that before that health trade. And remember, remember too, like you got took a Rask who I, I think uh, there's gonna be a little bit of like a redemption tour narrative for him leaving the bubble last year to go home. Yep, to be with his family, which he absolutely, I absolutely agree that he should have. He, he's going to be a little, there's going to be a little more fire in his belly this year mm-hmm. for, the, for the playoffs. And that Bruins team is uh, that the perfection line. Like, yeah, they, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be really hard to beat. Who comes out of the West, Avalanche or Knights? Oh, oh, it's so hard. My gut says Colorado. I like the Avs better. Um, I I think they have a a few more scoring options, and I think they might be a little bit better on defense with McCarr and Taves and some of the other guys that they have. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Grubauer needs to be fully healthy and come back. Yeah. But, God, that's a – the issue there is that that, that's a big deal with the one one in that division getting to play St. Louis as opposed to – the, the two seed having to play Minnesota mm-hmm. in the first round because the Wild certainly a much more difficult opponent than 
than St. Louis, which uh, got hot late and, and wound up making the playoffs. But I will, I, I'm going to stick with my preseason pick of Colorado. The win, but I'm going to go with Colorado over the Bruins uh, in, in the in the Stanley Cup final. In terms of that, but these first round playoff series, don't you have to like Edmonton against Winnipeg? I mean, I feel bad because Winnipeg would have been a very tough out, but like, like the Islanders kind of spiraled down the stretch uh, since the trade deadline. And really you saw their level of play drop off. Like, like Win- Winnipeg is kind of the same thing. I mean, obviously that top line is awesome with, with Wheeler, Connor and Shifley, but like losing Ehlers was a big, big injury mm. uh, for, for them. Um, and obviously in net, yeah, they're still really, really good with, with Hellebuck. He, he, he's faced a lot of rubber in the last couple of years, so he, he always had the, you have the he hit, hit the wall, and uh, that's the one advantage where I think they do have an advantage over uh, uh, Edmonton is in, in in the net. But I, I think other than that, um, you're 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 looking at you're looking at an Oilers team that has so much firepower up front, and I think they'll at least be able to get by. Uh, Winnipeg in that first round. All right. I think that's going to do it. Uh, Bear, have a great weekend. Good luck to everybody out there. Bear, take us away. Bless you, bet. The more you lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.